eating cream of wheat. Eating cream of wheat. What flavor? I put brown sugar and cinnamon in it. Uh Uh-huh. Damn right you did. Yeah, it's too sweet. I put too much. Really? You've gone too far. Yeah, I want overload. You got to be careful because you'll get an upset stomach if you have too much sugar. Trust me, I know. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, uh, I had to eat something. Yeah. You got to do it. I tried it in the spirit of nerd novice. Yeah. You should try uh, different flavors, like buffalo sauce. Ew! (laughs) Ew, that would be so gross. Or how about um, A1? Gross. Chocolate syrup wouldn't be bad. Oh, well, yeah, that would be great. (laughs) Are you kidding? It would be awesome. Just get some Hershey's sauce. Here's what you do. You could could do like a three chocolate delight with it. So you get... um, you get like the the Hershey's fudge that comes in the jar. Right. Yeah. The thing you put that. a big dollop of that in the middle, and then you drizzle around the perimeter of that mm-hmm. with the Hershey's syrup, and then you get some nice Nestle Toll House chocolate chips. Chocolate chips. And What's just up? sprinkle those on. Mm-hmm. Delightful. Delightful. Diabetically delicious. <laughs> So you got you got cream of wheat problems today. I got I've got some problems here, Megan. What are your problems? I have I have the world's loudest shirt on today. <laughs> Do you hear that? Yeah. This my this my shirt. Are you just like wiggling right now? Yeah, I'm just like moving around a little bit. It's the world's loudest shirt. I don't know what the problem is. What what material is it? I I gotta take I seriously like I have to take off this shirt because I'm not gonna be able to podcast in this thing. And I let me take it off. I'll okay. tell you tell you what it is. Don't worry. There's a there's an under. I have a t-shirt on underneath. <laughs> well, listen. I've All heard right. of loud pants because I used to have these pants in the '90s that were like parachute pants. Oh yeah, yeah totally. You know what I'm yeah, with like and the nylon. Would, it would be like dress down day at school, and you would wear them, and you would walk down the hall, and it would be like. And then you would get so yeah. embarrassed. I would be like, okay, I just need to like, like straddle as I walk. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah totally. And they were like neon orange. And then yeah. they also um, like zippered into shorts. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. That yeah. That was cool. <laughs> I had, uh, when I was in elementary school, I had corduroy pants. Oh, yeah. Those are loud. Oh, too. my God. Yeah. We had those. We could wear those as part of our uniform. So, yeah, we, we had those too a lot. You know what they should do? So loud. They should uh they should design corduroy pants so that the 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 crotchal area has like a specific pattern. And you it know makes what I a mean? song. So it makes a song or it makes a beat <laughs> and the beat uh changes tempo based on how fast you walk. Yeah. That would be amazing. Yeah, how cool would that be? That would be? be awesome. That would be so cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, that actually reminds me. Um, my friend posted this link on my Facebook wall the other day. Did you see that? Yeah, I don't know if you noticed yeah. about the um, like a bunch of Japanese people were making a commercial for a cell phone, mm-hmm. and they set up like a super long. It's not really a xylophone marimba because it doesn't get um doesn't have like the same qualities as one but it's a bunch of wooden bars that are tuned to different pitches mm-hmm. and um it goes down through a forest or a rainforest or something and it's like miles long it's like a, how long was it i don't know like a mile or something yeah it seemed really long and they rolled down a wooden ball down this slope over the bars and it played a, a song as it went down and it was really cool it played um the bach tune yesu joy of man's desiring which when I saw the link, I was like, not Bach, no. Because <laughs> I just went through working a whole week of Bach yeah. at Bach Fest. But um, no, it was good. It was really good. Awesome. That's cool. I like that stuff. That's or like, really didn't cool. Honda do that with like a, the uh, rumble strips on a, on a road? Yeah, they did that. And um, if you drive, uh, as you're driving into Disney World... There's something like the rumble strips on the road leading up to Disney World play. It's a small world if you oh, drive it as I think if you drive true. at the posted speed or something. 
Yeah, yeah but I there's think, never yeah. the ability to do that because there's always traffic, probably. Why would that be helpful? Yeah, and alligators. Yeah, blocking the road. Yeah. So to answer your question about this shirt, is it is 100% cotton. What? Yeah, it's it's always been kind of like crinkly. You've seen Maybe it needs some yeah. fabric softener. I guess so. I don't know. I, I ran it in the dryer because, you know, I don't iron. Yeah, me because neither. Because I'm terrible as a human. Uh, I don't iron, but I actually threw it in the dryer for like a half hour this morning while I was in the shower. And I put in a, a fabric softener. So it's like, it doesn't look wrinkly, but it's just so freaking loud. Well, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, I don't know Megan. Oh, Megan. Megan. <laughs> Old habits die hard. Oh, my God. <clears throat> I actually saw. Maybe I'm going to start calling you Mgen. Just shorten know. it all the way up. My one friend, Megan. I have a couple friends named Megan, but the other day I was hanging out with one and. I discussed this with her, and she was like, yeah, that's really annoying. Hmm. So. Well, I apologize to all the Megans. Oh, damn it. I did you it You did it. Ah, it's okay. I apologize to all are, the Megans of the world. I understand. Yeah. As long as you're not doing it just to be mean. No, I would never do that to be mean. People's, people's names are important. It's true. It's very true, and... Um, I have a, a really good friend who um, he never liked he never liked to call people by their nicknames mm-hmm. and he obviously didn't ever want to have a nickname because he respected people's <laughs> names well, and thanks. names are important and you should learn to say them correctly and treat people with respect and mm-hmm. All of those sorts of nice things. Mm-hmm. So, Martha, what's what's going on with uh, with the nerd novice today? It's episode thirteen. <laughs> I'm Jim. I'm Megan. Megan. Okay. All right. So, what's going on? <laughs> oh, nothing. Did you watch some Battlestar? I did. Okay. <clears throat> Sad times on the Galactica. I, yeah. I don't even what Jim. Uh, yeah. I don't know what to say about this show. This is what I have to say about yeah. this show, and I determined this last night. If this show was condensed into a movie, I would really like it. Mm-hmm. But the fact that it's a four-season-long show with 45-minute episodes is, like, too much to bear. Mm-hmm. It's too long. I can't. It's no. like 80 episodes of torture. Yeah, I mean, however many episodes it is, but yeah, I wish it was just like a three-hour movie. Mm -hmm. We probably should have just quit at the miniseries. No, I mean, I'm glad I've been watching it because I would have been curious, but like, and it's good. It's I like it. I mean, that's why I keep saying I wish it was a movie because I really like it, but it's just like it's so long that, and it's so just in intense i don't know i don't want to seem like a weakling but i hate watching certain types of things like very suspenseful hard decisions that people have to make that i don't do that because i can't handle it so i don't (laughs) i'm not in the military and i'm not like yeah like the hardest important political figure (laughs) the hardest decision i ever want to have to make is like do i want swiss or cheddar yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. Do you want a beef hot dog or a turkey hot dog? I know. It's like I don't want to have that responsibility. And it makes me anxious. Yeah. I don't know. It's like um I mean I, I like I like challenging myself. I like uh stretching my limitations and you know, all that for my life but yeah i don't want to have to like i don't know i guess watching this show makes me feel like one day i'm going to be the worst mom in the world because like i can't handle (laughs) anything i'm like no don't do that (sighs) i don't know i remember so many episodes ago it seems so long ago that we were talking about buffy and star trek i was so innocent then and there was an episode in particular (laughs) 
where we were discussing things going down, hitting the fan and the Buffy verse. I think it was like our season two discussion, maybe. Mm-hmm. And and I was really bumming pretty much about the same thing you are now. Right. Oh, yeah. You were talking about. Yeah. 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 And I was kind With of faith. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. And I was kind of thinking, like, does it get better? <laughs> and you were like, no, it gets a lot worse, Jim. It gets a lot worse. This is pretty much pretty much the same sort of situation. Yeah. Except when, when things get worse in Buffy, it's just like she dies and gets taken away from heaven and then... You know, it's sad. Right. And she, like, that's not like, well, there is one scene that's pretty bad. And um, actually, you haven't seen it. Well, I don't know if I should tell you about it or not. But can I tell yeah, you? Yeah, go ahead. That's fine. Because you're probably going to go back one day. But yeah. um, there's a scene where Spike is like, uh, I think it's after he gets his soul. But he's like kind of insane. I can't remember if he has a soul or not at this. No, he doesn't because that's kind of what spawns him to want to get one. Um, he goes like a little bit crazy and he, you know, he has these feelings for Buffy and stuff and um, he's a violent person. So he takes it out by trying to rape her. Yeah. Ugh. And uh, he doesn't succeed, but it's like intense. Wow. So that part in Buffy was like, what? Yeah, seriously. Yeah. That's brutal. But it wasn't as bad as this one. Holy crap. Yeah, Pegasus. Not not okay. Not okay. Not okay. I hate rape scenes, obviously. Yeah. I can't watch that. It's like too scary. And it's too real. That's what's Mm -hmm. scary about it. Yeah. Um, Like freaking... That guy, I'm so glad he died. What a jerk. Yeah. At least yeah, at least he got his comeuppance a little bit. Yeah. But um it's just like it's just like uh, I don't know. It's funny how her name's Kane. Admiral Kane. Mm-hmm. You know? Cuz like Kane right. and Abel. Right, exactly. That's um, very uh, ecumenical of you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well. Good job know, with the Catholic Bible school. knowledge. Throwing down. Catholic school, mm-hmm. what up? Except for one important fact, which I can't remember which one's the, the bad brother and which one's the good brother. I think Cain is the bad brother, right? It, he should be. Yeah, well, I, that I, kind of I, name. I was wondering I was wondering if um, like they did it to be opposite or, you know what I mean? Right. I'm going to look it up. Yeah, it must be. Um, All I know is they really threw yeah, Eve Kane under the bus. Is, that's Kane's for sure. the first murderer. Yeah. Kane is the first murderer. Yep. Yeah. Um, that's pretty freaking... That sucks. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that definitely obviously true that they named her Admiral Kane. I mean, that was pretty pretty obvious of a symbolism there. But um, what were you saying? It's what? Oh, all I said was I, ma- I made a quip about how uh, how Eve got really thrown under the bus in the Bible. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A little bit. Um, well, Abel kind of did, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, and what's, what's the one? Uh, never mind. No, go no, I was just going to, there's the one uh, thing in the Bible where they can't decide that something with a baby. Oh, And they're yeah. like, well, we'll just cut the baby in half. That's uh, King King Solomon. King Solomon, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, But he was just saying that to test them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's like, just kidding. I was just testing you. Mm-hmm. So yes, us presbos don't have our our Bible knowledge down the way the Catholics do, but that's oh. good. Yeah. Well, speaking of Bible knowledge, actually, I meant to say this a long time ago, but the Battlestar Galactica, um, 
like main series picture thing looks like the last supper kind of oh yeah it's not the same i actually pulled up the last supper to see if like everyone was kind of in the same position Mm -hmm. but they're not at all but it's like very reminiscent of it oh yeah it's a it's a total homage yeah to the last supper painting which is yeah so i guess like number six is depicted as jesus which is interesting Mm -hmm. yes it is yeah that makes sense Mm -hmm. because she's always like you know i I have a feeling that's gonna happen later or something because she's always talking about god's will and stuff and whatever and she's like the messenger Mm -hmm. yeah but um so crazy that in part two, um, she dies, and then there's only one of her left, right? Or there's like, I don't know if there's only one, but there's a limited number of her now because they kill the resurrection ship, right? Yeah, so that <clears throat> that's a big that's a big change for for the Cylons because without the resurrection ship, you can't just respawn. And then move on and just do your thing. Right. So mortality becomes an even greater issue. Right. Or an issue at all. Yeah. 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 I feel like it was kind of stupid for them to follow them around in that ship. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, wouldn't they just kind of hide somewhere behind a moon? (laughs) Right. Like they suggested in the other episode. Right. I don't know. So Gaius is sort of starting to not redeem himself, but he's becoming more of a under, like I can understand him a little bit more because it's almost like he's not so much betraying humanity, but he's more a sympathizer with the Cylons Mm -hmm. at this point. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. He's It's It's like uh what is it? Stockholm syndrome? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like that to where initially he was just looking out for himself, but then his view changes over time where he's still looking after himself, but he's also he yeah he's become a, a Cylon sympathizer right and I was I was reading uh, Wikipedia and I can't remember if this was before the episodes or after but there was an episode where it was something about Cylon sympathizers like the, there's a group of of people who are um, Cylon sympathizers or whatever um, so I think that's like a movement that's starting mm-hmm. so. But, um, so let's talk about, like, basically, um, they have that moral issue where the, the Pegasus is torturing and, and, um, harming Cylon prisoners. They have one that looks like that's number, number six. Right. It's, and, uh, um, Gina. Right. Gina. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, basically they, they just. Like the one, um, the XO said something like, you can't rape a machine. So, like, there's this new moral issue that, um, for some reason, the Pegasus doesn't understand and the Galactica does understand that, like, these are becoming a race. And, um, like, where does, where is the morality in, like, having a prisoner uh, from them so like are you supposed to treat them like a person or what like you know so i don't know what did you think about the pegasus's um sort of view on that i guess yeah i, th- I think the i think the crew of the pegasus is at a different is it is is in a different place in terms of acknowledging cylons as a race and acknowledging them as as living beings in a way uh, whereas the the Galactica crew, I think, is in in a way, 
they are they're sort of over the whole oh they're just a machine probably because they had boomer on board that they didn't know was a cylon right and whereas this this one it seemed more like um she was already she already was aware she wasn't a sleeper agent so she knew she was a cylon Mm -hmm. so she probably didn't get as i don't know like it probably wasn't much of a shock was it was it like gina was a passenger on the ship and and then was excuse me revealed to be a cylon like i I wonder what the backstory is on that do they ever talk about it they do um she was she was a civilian on the ship she was a um uh, like a network, like a computer. She's like an IT person oh. on the ship. And so they discovered her at as, uh, you know, as a Cylon eventually. Um, I forget exactly how how that goes down. Mm. And... Let's see, I'm actually just taking a peek on the Tome of All Knowledge Wikipedia here. <laughs> I think Wikipedia should sponsor us. Just kidding. They're like a nonprofit <laughs> they organization. Should. Oh, they could sponsor us. We get we we sponsor them, that's for sure. Yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah. So six has G well, G, we'll call her Gina for the sake of clarification. Right. Um, Gina has a relationship with Admiral Kane, and then like a like a relationship, like a like a like a, like a sexual relationship. Yes. Oh, yeah. That explains why it's so intense when she kills her and stuff. Right. Okay. Right. And then she also hooks up with another. With a lieutenant who gives her the administrator code. I'm just reading here. Sorry. And then, let's see. This number six gains the confidence of Rear Admiral Kane, with whom she has a romantic relationship. And then Lieutenant Kendra Shaw, who gives Gina the administrator codes for the Pegasus mainframe. Gina uses Shaw's password in order to to disable the Pegasus during a Cylon attack, enabling the ship to be boarded by Centurions. Uh, Shaw sees another six with the Centurions, thereby exposing Gina as a Cylon. Right. Yeah. So there's this whole uh, uh, miniseries, telemovie, whatever you want to call it, uh, Battlestar Galactica Razor. You you may oh, or really? may not have heard about that. Yeah. No. It's that must not be on Netflix because it never suggests that to me. Okay. I don't know. Maybe it is, but they're always suggesting Caprica. Yeah. But anyways, it's like this mini, it's like a movie length thing that they made that tells the story of the Pegasus before the events of these three episodes of Battlestar. Gotcha. And in that, it's a, it's a good, it's a good movie. And and in that, uh, in that, in that movie, you see like all of the backstory and you see the relationship and the whole deal. Gotcha. So I think maybe like Kane is a little bit more um, headstrong and, you know, more of a war horse because they've been alone this whole time and uh, she's had to deal with all this stuff basically on her own. Mm-hmm. So that, they kind of talked about that in the episode. Like she's just basically like, she's basically like that because she had to be but i think she's also evil <laughs> yeah yeah like she doesn't have the right the right head on her shoulders because adama was basically making a lot of the decisions by himself too i mean he had the president i guess but um like he was making a lot of hard decisions too and he didn't turn into a huge raging butthole mm-hmm. yeah I th- i think it's what it does is it it does a good job of showing the contrast between two people who are both placed in nearly impossible situations and then you see what their character truly is. 
I really like Adama because he he remains pretty true to his to his ethics, his moral code pretty much throughout the entire series. Mm-hmm. There are definitely points where it bends. Mm-hmm. But but if you look at the overall arc, he's he's a great leader, a man of conviction, and he does and says what he believes. Well, I kind of wonder, um, Admiral Kane is a lot younger. I wonder if this is because he has been through the other Cylon War. Right. And like he has this, like, because when they were, um, when they first, you know, when this first started and they had to start becoming more uh, uh, offensive, um, he was kind of like, oh, this again, you know, like back to the old days. So right. it's almost like he's more used to it. Like, I wonder what her background is in that. I wonder if she just never really had to do this before. Yeah, I think that that has a lot to do with it. He's been there, done that. He's seen the horrors of, of war, mm-hmm. and she hasn't, so... Oh, I see. Okay, yeah. I'm reading about her. Yeah. She was nine during the first silent attack. She witnessed her parents' death, but um, she didn't... I mean, she was nine. So. Right. And so that kind of speaks to her having kind of a vengeance angle with her character as well. Yeah. Because that's a that's a difficult thing, right? I mean you you see somebody kill your parents or whatever and then it's like, well, what do you what do you do with that event in your life from there? Oh man, it's even worse than that. Did you read this about her? On uh, her wi- refresh wi- refresh my memory if you Okay. Will. So I'm just going to read exactly what it says because it's really short. Do it in Um, a character voice. As a nine-year-old girl on her home colony of Toron, Helena witnessed her parents' death during a Cylon attack in the First Cylon War. She fled with her sister, Lucy, but the younger sibling stumbled in the rubble. Stumbled in the rubble. That's a good phrase. Too injured to continue, Lucy pleaded for help from her older sister, but Helena froze and, seeing a Cylon landing party, ran away and hid in a nearby storage container. She was discovered there by a Centurion sentry. As it targeted her, she picked up a folding knife and prepared to defend herself. Before the Centurion could strike, however, it received orders to depart as a treaty had been signed. Now safe, Helena returned to where she left her sister, but the younger girl was missing. Only her doll remained. Looking into the sky, she sees a Cylon ship depart. It becomes clear that her sister has been taken for what can only be presumed is further experimentation towards creating a human-Cylon hybrid. In the aftermath, Helena vowed to do whatever it took to survive. Thank you. Bravo. Thanks. Bravo. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. So thanks. I yeah uh, yeah. So you think she's got some issues, maybe because I of that? Think maybe a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so she probably, uh, you know, it's just like a little little hard ass from nine on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. This is like, it's a little bit cliche, but I don't know. It's it seems pretty intense. Um. I kind of see it turning into like, oh, her sister um, is like the model for one of the human Cylons. Mm-hmm. That would be weird. Yeah. I wonder if that would happen. I wish I could see you right now. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we don't video over <laughs> subspace communication. <laughs> oh... Well, yeah. To to be honest with you, I'm not. I'm not sure if that. Was I mean, I don't. Ever, know, I don't, I don't, I, I don't think they revealed, ever. I don't now ever. Now that she's dead. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they ever <clears throat> explored that or revealed yeah. it or anything. Yeah. I was. Yeah. I think they just kind of threw that out there, but never, never did anything with it. I could be wrong. Um. 
which this would be a good opportunity to solicit the the help of our listeners. Yeah. So if you have uh, if you have information for us, insight, rumors, uh, you can email them to us or tweet nerdnovice at gmail dot com. Yeah. Uh, at nerdnovice on Twitter. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I kind of I almost feel like anybody who goes through that is you're almost being set up to fail. Well, psychologically. Psychologically yeah, as a as a yeah. military leader. I mean, come on. It's Why just, would ugh. why would they promote I mean, don't they look up her history? That's pretty freaking stupid of them. Like psychological yeah. tests, don't they take those? Like don't they evaluate their officers? You, you would think so, but maybe they almost consider it, consider it an asset. Except that it's a weakness, you know? Like yeah. She was talking about how their crew being so close is a weakness. Well, it's definitely a weakness that you're just trying to avenge your sister. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I think probably uh, having a tight tight crew is a little bit uh better of a weakness i guess it's less of a weakness than it would be to uh be on this like murderous mission of vengeance yeah i mean i don't understand why like if that's the case if her sister was like taken and she was just an innocent little girl why is admiral kane so horrible to civilians I mean, she doesn't have any regard for them whatsoever. She sees them as assets or, you know, pains in her rear end. Right. Like she either she either wants them for what they know or she freaking throws them into the abyss. Like what the really? She's just evil. She is. That's the thing. She's just evil. Yeah, I can't explain it. I don't know what... She's got a horrible... She's like schizophrenic or something. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe. I mean... Psychological disorder. Yeah. PTSD. Yeah, it's it's like PTSD based on a past experience and you're now in the middle of a, a a new experience that's even more horrible. Yeah, it's like PTSD, but stuck in a flashback that isn't really a flashback. Right. It's actually your yeah. life. <laughs> yeah. I'm the worst describer of things ever. <laughs> oh, my God. So uh, let's take a little pause here because I want to tell you about something really funny. Okay. Um, have you... I don't know if you've been on Facebook lately, but um, one of my Facebook friends posted this tumblr up and um i had to share it on my page too because it's really funny it's called teacherthoughtbubble.tumblr.com did you see that no i didn't see that oh my god like totally go to it right now okay it's really funny um there's this one do you ever have you ever seen modern family oh yeah that's a very funny show i know i like that show um there's this one do you remember the part where um I forget. I think it's like during uh, Claire's like political debate where she's like doing really bad and um, Phil stands up and tries to give this like rousing speech, but he doesn't know what the heck yeah. he's talking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I have to send you this link right now. Uh, it's about uh, pretty much my life when I'm teaching. I'm, I'm looking at this, the, t- the teacher thought bubble. What's the address for this teacher thought bubble? .tumblr.com, okay. How do I message you on this thing? Oh, hell if I know. Do you message me? Uh, I don't know how I did it. There's a... Wait, call... Oh, here we go. Just iMessage me. I got got you. It's because I... There. Um, It's like a... It's called When I'm Teaching a Unit I Have Never Taught Before, but it's pretty much how I feel at the beginning of every semester. <laughs> it says, so he's standing up, and it's an animated GIF, or GIF, if you prefer. And he says, look, I should probably just sit down and say nothing, but it's too late. 
I am standing and I'm obviously talking, and now you're looking at me, and I feel the need to keep going. That's exactly <laughs> how I feel like a teacher. I know, like I'm just like, look, yeah. listen, okay, yeah. uh, I had something, and I don't really know what it was, but now I'm standing here, and you're all staring at me, right? And you took your headphones yeah. off, and uh, yeah, that's so, that's pretty much my life about thirty hours a important. week. <laughs> Great, all encapsulated into an animated GIF online. <laughs> Thanks, Internet. Uh-huh. You know me so well. Yeah. That's classic. I love it. There's a lot of good ones on here. But anyway. That's um, really good. Yeah. Teachers. Okay. So we gotta, we'll gotta. we put that in the show notes so people can see it. Yeah. The show. Yeah. Um, anyway, I don't know what else to say about this show. It's really sad. It's so again, it's we we've said this like a million times about it now probably, but it's it's a genre, it's a it it's one of the shows where I stutter a lot and I struggle to say what I'm going to say, but you guys are all listening to me, so I feel the need to, to keep, keep stuttering. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's it's one of these shows that elevates the art form of television. Right. That's a good way of putting it. It's so freaking good. It's not even funny. And that's the problem with it. It's not. It's literally it's not, not funny. funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the, the, the level of intensity that they can build up and maintain is is really remarkable and has only been done on a handful of TV shows up to this point in the entire freaking history of television. I think about how far TV has come. Even in, even if we look like in the last 10 years. Yeah. Think about how much better overall TV shows have gotten. How much better the comedies are. Right. We hardly have any multi-camera, filmed-before-a-live-studio-audience comedies any longer. Right. Big Bang Theory is definitely the best one on TV, and it's hugely popular, but it's one of the only ones that still follows that format. Right, right. Practically all of the other comedies on TV now are... What they were, what they call single camera shoots, mm-hmm. and they're shot on location. You know, they're not on, you know, a set. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you know, they're not on a on a soundstage with a live before the audience. You know that whole deal. Mm-hmm. So you're getting like feature film level production values for half hour shows like Modern Family, mm-hmm. and with with dramas. It's even more so. Okay, I haven't watched all these, but I know that they're amazing based on what I hear people saying. But Battlestar, which I have seen. uh, Battlestar is amazing. Then you have other really popular dramas like Mad Men and Breaking Bad and Walking Dead. Walking Dead. Game of Thrones. All right. Uh huh. Yeah, basically like feature film quality stuff. Every week, it, it's it's interesting to think about why why that is and and how that's evolved. I think maybe one of the things that's contributed to it is the the technology for being able to shoot things uh, quickly and inexpensively has gotten better. Mm-hmm. You can get a a, a high def video camera. For pennies on the dollar, practically, compared to what, like, a 35mm camera used to cost. Right. And so I think that's part of it, too. I mean, it, you know, especially if you if you trickle much further down market. I mean, they're not they're not shooting Walking Dead on, on an iPhone 5 or <laughs> right. something, you know, but you get you get the idea where the the production cost even when you're you're still talking about professional equipment that's obviously expensive but the production cost still has uh has come down but it's not just that right 
Right. The the stories have gotten so much better. I think so too. I mean, the writing is a lot better. Yeah, and it, and it's not like it doesn't cost any more or less money to write a good story. Right. At least no. I don't, you know. It's, so. I think I think maybe like having all this um, this higher quality material is inspiring more people to want to write more. You know, or you know, possibly it's just it's inspiring a new generation of of creators. Yeah, I think I think so and and maybe part of it too though is TV seasons for some of those shows are short or shorter. Like for some of those shows their season is like 13 episodes. And that well that's been a that's been another thing that they do is they'll they'll break up seasons into two parts. Oh yeah, like with the little hiatus in between. So right. it's almost like you have So they'll do like 13. Yeah. yeah, they'll do like 13 and 13. So that helps with their production schedule because they're not they're not trying to cram 26 episodes into like 36 or 40 weeks of shooting. Right. They're doing if they're doing 26 episodes or somewhere around 22 or, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. they're doing that over the course of almost an entire year. Right. And they figured out how to spread that apart. And they're just, they're able to go on. You, you see a lot more shows that are shot on location. I think that's a lot. It's a lot more interesting for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's just like it well, I mean, think back on like shows like Friends. You know, the writing was awesome, but um you had like the same six sets that they would always, you know, use. It was like so and so's apartment, the other apartment, the cafe, the you know, it was never more than that. So this kind of thing, I mean, is really, really cool because you kind of get to like explore the environment a lot more and especially for like a sci fi show, you know. It's definitely necessary to have an expanded set, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, Just because, you know, you get to see a lot more action that way. You get to have a lot more subplots that way. Like everyone's going through stuff. You can kind of show everybody instead of um, instead of just, you know, the certain the certain people that are on the normal character list i guess um but it's cool because it's definitely a high quality high quality show that's why i keep not wanting to say i don't like this show you know right every time i talk about it, i'm like i don't like it i do like it yes i like it well <laughs> i think it just goes back to what we said last week just, which is yeah which is sometimes you see you see something and you go you can recognize it for being yeah, I was going to say... Great and, and well-produced or whatever, but you just go, well, it's not for me. Yeah, that's how I was going to say about jazz, but I didn't want you to hate me. Well, so. I wouldn't have hated... Well, yeah, I would have hated you. <laughs> <laughs> the question is whether I would have hung up on you immediately. Right. That's okay. No, I totally understand that. It's... I think jazz... It, it's fine. Yeah, I think jazz is probably more fun for the performer. But there's a lot of stuff like mm-hmm. that. I played music mm-hmm. like that for yeah. sure. It was more fun for me, and everyone else was like, "What?" That's true. It's that's so true because what I can tell you is I'm a total. Well, for people who don't know this, uh, I'm a complete jazz junkie, uh, specifically saxophone. Uh, I majored in in music in college. I play saxophone and clarinet. And what you just said about jazz, about it being more fun for the performer than it is for the listener, I think, unfortunately, is probably very true. Mm-hmm. Because if I, if I look at my iPod right now and think about the stuff that I listen to the most, not only is it predominantly jazz... 
but it's really, really intense saxophone players Mm -hmm. that for the most part, you almost have to be a saxophone player yourself to fully appreciate what it is that they're doing. Right. And, and I say this coming from the perspective of someone who also majored in music and, uh, you know, plays regularly and understands the theory behind it. I still, still think that. Yeah. But yeah, exactly. And, and it's, if you want to talk about music, I mean, jazz is, is not the only culprit with that. I also uh, really am, am a huge fan of classical music as well. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of classical stuff, especially new I, stuff that's being yeah. written. Oh, yeah. That's pretty pretty wankery. Yeah, it's pretty ugly sounding, but yeah. it's like a lot of fun to play. Um, right. I definitely feel that way because, I mean, playing percussion, like I used to play, and I hopefully still will forever, but... Uh, I used to play a lot of um, like non, we call it non-Western music stuff that's not from Europe or America. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, basically a lot of that stuff is fun to hear, but to other people sounds very repetitive. Right. Um, to me, it's like mind blowing, but that's because I know what's going on, you know? Right. And because I'm involved in it and it's a conversation and it's a back and forth thing. And it's, you know, it's a lot more fun for the people playing to be like, Oh, what did you just do? I'm going to respond to that. Ha ha. You know, and everyone else is like, Oh, I just hear a lot of rhythms. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's definitely, yeah. I don't know how we got onto that topic, but. Well, because we were just saying it's, you, you know, something is great, but it's just not for you. Right, and I I think if you were to apply that to a TV show or specifically to Battlestar, I think I think where it translates is is to say that some people some people might really embrace the intensity of it. Other people, like you and I, kind of go, "That's a little bit, it's a little bit overboard for me." Mm-hmm. And I think that's I think that's so true. Let's just put this out there. If you really like shows where um, you're on the edge of your seat the whole time and you enjoy shows like Walking Dead or Lost, you will probably really like Battlestar Galactica. Right. Don't get us wrong. It's a really good show and you should probably watch it. Exactly. Um, But if you're like us and you prefer shows that have a little bit of wit to them or a little bit of... um, lightheartedness with intensity and fun action scenes, then you might not like it as much. Right. Teddy bears and rainbows with an occasional bear mauling. Machine gun. And a machine gun. <laughs> and a wooden stake. Yeah. There you go. So that's what, that's what, Me- what Megan and I are about. I'm about that. Yeah. I'm all about it. So I think, I think we need to talk about uh, what we're going to watch for next week. So we next. got we got two more seasons of this. Well, let's rephrase that. Next week on the show, yeah, I was gonna is say, yeah. Game of Thrones. Yeah, we're going to talk about Game of Thrones next yeah. week. Have you been reading? I've been reading. Yes, it's good. Oh, it's so it's good. Getting really good. Yeah, it's amazing. It's really good. I'm excited. Oh, Did you, you never responded to my text messages about it? I was reading it uh, the other morning, and I was like, "Holy crap!" <laughs> <laughs> And I wanted yeah. to say something, but I didn't know how far you yeah. were, so I couldn't. But um, it's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. Yeah. So here's the it's, deal. It's been it's been worth worth the struggle. Worth the struggle for sure. Um. Hey, have you been seeing all these people tweeting about like um Dianeras and stuff? Yeah. Okay. What do you know? You don't have you been spoiled? I haven't been spoiled. I don't, no, I'm not spoiled. Okay. Good. I don't good. Know. No one spoil us. We don't know what's happening in yeah. season three of Game of Thrones. No, no Daenerys spoilers. Yeah, however you say her name. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I'm really excited to see what the heck that's all about, but that's going to take a while to get there. But mm. um, so here's the deal, people. We need you to kind of uh, help us along with this conversation next week. So please tweet us or email us questions or comments or something you want us to talk about related to game of thrones book one the first one which is called game of thrones um 
because, you know, we're, we're going to talk about it, but we'd love to have your input. So send us a tweet at nerdnovice or email us at nerdnovice at gmail.com uh, and let us know what you want us to talk about because that would be cool. That would be very cool. Or like maybe you just have a comment that you want to say about Game of Thrones. Yeah. We'll read comments. That'd be fine too. Yeah. It's all about the discussion and the interaction. Yeah. So do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. All right. I think that wraps it up for this week. <laughs> yeah. I think good. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, did we want to talk about what we're going to do with uh, Battlestar? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So we've got two more seasons to go. Uh, do you want to do it or do we, do we want to cut bait on Battlestar? Two more seasons? Yeah. Let's just do it. All right. We'll do it. So for next time, I think we already said this already uh, last week, but next time is going to be, I think we said lay down your burdens parts one and two, mm-hmm. which are actually the tail end of season two. Mm-hmm. And then... Exodus part one and part two of season three. Right. For people who are hardcore, you should also just watch straight down the line, lay down your burdens, parts one and two. And then the first two episodes of season three, which are occupation, occupation and precipice. And then Exodus parts one and two. Okay. But the official assignment, uh, just in this, in the interest of time and, and hours spent viewing, I think you'll get the gist of it if you skip the first two. If episodes. you skip the first two episodes, um, and then just pick up with the resolution to to that little arc. Yeah. Cool. Cool. All right, that does it. So that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. You've got our got our Twitter. You got our our email. Uh, I'm Jay Metzendorf on Twitter. I'm not going to spell it anymore. <laughs> I'm because I'm, Megan uh, thinks Megan I shouldn't. Bloody. Yeah, well, no, you can spell it. Well. I just I'm not going to join you. Okay, that's fine. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, I'm joining you. Good. Join the dark side. Yes. Dark side. <laughs> All right, that's it, people. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. So say we all. <laughs>